This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On this episode, I talked to a 26-year-old straight male in the New York City area to discuss his recent relationship that led him to experience anxiety for the first time in his life. We discussed what caused it and what it felt like and how he seeked out help by communicating to friends and family and starting therapy. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They have helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code Seeing Other People at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I am really excited about the conversation that we're about to have. I think this is a really good topic. And um, why don't you tell everyone what you emailed me and and who you are and why you're here on Unfiltered? Yeah. Um, so first, thanks for having me, Alana. Um, great to be here and, and be on the podcast. Um, so I reached out last week. Just um, one, I wasn't sure how many guys you were going to have writing in. Um, and two, I just thought that, you know, what I've been, what I've experienced over the past six months to a year, I think is something that a lot of people, uh, experience, but don't talk about, especially guys. Um, so kind of in a, the short version is that I got into a relationship during COVID, um, and was just like ignoring every red flag, every bad sign, just because I wanted to be with someone and have company and, um, 
like, you know, for the, there was maybe 10% of the time was great. And 90% of the time I was like stressed out of my mind and just started feeling super anxious, which is something I'd never experienced before. I always thought I was like a pretty chill, laid back person. Um, and you know, I was always like aware that, that mental health was important, but it never was something that directly impacted me or so I thought. And then it seemed like almost, you know, overnight I became super anxious and, and, you know, knew I needed help and, and sought out help. Um, and now doing much better, not in that relationship anymore and kind of addressing the anxiety, but it's something that for the rest of my life is going to be something I'm way more aware of and having a personal connection to, um, when, if you asked me a year ago, I never would have thought that like anxiety from a relationship was something that would directly impact me so, so much. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I, I definitely relate to that because though everyone listening knows that I've talked about my dating anxiety and, and depression related to dating before the first time it happened, I just, I thought I was crazy. Like, I had heard people talk about it and I had like heard my friends open up to me about them going through it. But I was like, well, this has never happened. Like I tried to like be empathetic towards them and like understand, but it's something that you really don't understand until it happens to you. For sure. Um, so I'm definitely curious to hear more about when that started and what it felt like. So you mentioned that the like first 10% was great. What was the turning point? where it started to not feel great, you started to feel anxious, or you started to see these red flags that were not good signs? Yeah, I mean, I would say it was like, over the course of the relationship, 10% of the total time was, um, was good. You know, honestly, the red flags probably started, I started noticing them from date number one. Um, Or, you know, maybe red flags isn't the right word, but just clear signs that we weren't going to be compatible. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I just plowed right through, ignored them. Um, and, you know, and I think it was hard for me because part of me wanted to be like, Oh, don't be too picky. And, um, you know, you need to be open-minded, but on the other side, if you just like abandon all of the things that matter to you, um, it's just a recipe for disaster. So really from the get-go from, from date one, even though there were a lot of like exciting things and, and, you know, those butterflies, there was also a lot of things that gave me pause and, and um, concerns that definitely never went away. And, and, you know, probably as expected, just built up more and more over time. Yeah. What was going through your mind when you started realizing that? Like, were you like, oh, this isn't good, but like, I accept the fact that I'm going to push through it. Like it's, it's a pandemic. I just, I don't want to be alone. Like, I found someone who like wants, like I I'm willing to talk to who like wants to talk to me. So I'll keep it going for that reason or what it's like, you notice things happening and I'm, I'm so guilty of this. Everyone is guilty <laughs> of this, but like, why, what were you telling yourself to say like, no, this is, this is fine. Yeah. I mean, I think for the first stretch of time, I didn't even tell myself that I was pretty much in complete denial. Um, and deep, deep down, I knew like, there were red flags and, and clear signs that we weren't compatible, but I just ignored them. Um, I didn't even think about them. And I just tried to focus on the fun stuff and, and the the positives, and which is just, it's more enjoyable to focus on that stuff anyway. And I think it's easier to do that, um, especially in the short term. But when you're kind of taking a bigger picture view, um, 
at least now I, I feel like I have a better understanding that those things that you're that give you pause, they're not going to go away and they just build up over time. So it was, um, it was always there, but for, for the first chunk of time, I, I ignored it. And then there was like, I, I can kind of remember the exact day when, um, it hit me that like, wow, this is a problem. I need help. Um, and I really have to address this because it's not going away. It's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. What were you feeling when you like realized that? Like, what was like, what were you like physically and emotionally feeling? Cause I, I feel like, like we were saying how it's hard to, for people to understand if they've never been through it, like this was your first time going through it. And so yep. I feel like it's definitely jarring and you were like some, like, this is not right. Yeah. So, I mean, physically I was like, um, I really honestly couldn't eat very much for, for a while. I lost like a, a good chunk of weight, um, over a short period of time, just cause I, I never had an appetite and, uh, I had trouble sleeping. Um, and these were all things that were, were never an issue. Um, so I, that, that one day when it really hit me, um, like I, I felt like I almost couldn't catch my breath. I was just breathing really fast. And, and like you said, you kind of have this thought where it's like, am I crazy? Like this, this is, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. Um, so there was a little bit of disbelief, but I also like the, the sensations were so strong that I was like, yeah, maybe I am crazy, but I have to accept that. And I got to get help because this is just, this is no way to live. Um, yeah. and again, it, it's, it's something where I never knew that it would like affect me. I never thought it could. Yeah. It's like, you think it's like, yeah, like, of course, mental health, like everyone talks about it and it's, a, it's something to support and, and like reduce the stigma of and, and talk about, but like, until it happens to you, it's really something that you can't fully comprehend. For sure. Um, were you able to like talk to anyone before you were like, I really need help. Were you like open with your friends about it? Were you open with her about it? Like what, how were you kind of attempting to cope with it or attempting to like reason with what was happening? Yeah. So for the first chunk of time when I was kind of denying it to myself, it, it definitely, I didn't talk to anyone because I, I didn't maybe acknowledge that there was even a problem. I mean, I will say my friends were, were kind of like, you know, you're not that enthusiastic about her. Like, you know, what's, what's the deal? I, they, they couldn't really get a read on how I felt, um, which I, I ignored that too. But looking back, that's kind of a clear sign. Like if your friends are like, I can't tell how much you actually like this person. That's probably a sign that it's not going to go um, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once, once I kind of had that realization and, and couldn't deny it any longer, um, yeah, I, I sought out help like right away. I called my sister and, and was like, this is what's going on. Told all my friends. Um, and that was not easy. That was something where, you know, because it, I didn't have any sort of like history with this to just open up to, to people, even people close to me and, and tell them like, Hey, I'm struggling right now for what kind of felt like not a good reason. Um, but you know, there are no good reasons or bad reasons. Like if, if you feel the way you feel like that's okay. Um, and that was a huge kind of relief because, you know, people that care about you, they're going to be supportive regardless of kind of the, the circumstances. So that, that was a huge kind of turning point to make things better. Um, even though it wasn't easy to kind of get over that hump, I, I knew I needed to do something. 
Yeah. It, it definitely is like a scary thing to tell people, even if they're close to you, just like for the first time, like this is how I'm feeling. Cause I mean, you can't even like, you're not fully understanding how you're feeling in that moment. And it's like, it's hard to admit, like, I'm not okay. And it's really impressive. Like you were, you had the strength to recognize it and admit it. And it like, I'm sure it took a little longer than you would have liked in hindsight, but most people don't do that. Most people like end up staying in that mindset and end up staying in that like terrible feeling of anxiousness and, and not sleeping and not eating because they're like afraid to talk about it. So, I mean, bravo to you for really like realizing that you needed help and you needed to open up to people. Do you think, um, because it was like you said in the beginning, like not being sure how many guys were going to reach out. I feel like anxiety and, and mental health, especially relating to dating is something that we definitely hear more girls and, and women and just like female people talking about. So do you think like, was this something that has, had ever come up with any of your other friends or just like any other guys that, you know, like, do you think being a guy, it's a harder thing to admit or like really just be open about? Yeah. Um, I think it is. And I think it's ridiculous. I, I wish it wasn't like that. Um, not for myself, but just in general, I think what ends up happening is that a lot of guys feel these kind of anxious thoughts and, and same thing as girls do, but it manifests itself in different ways where, you know, guys just, I think end up acting destructively and disrespectfully and, and cause there's no, they don't know how to cope. And, and like you said, it's, it's not easy to kind of be open about that, especially if you're a guy, because there is this kind of expectation that, you know, you're going to be strong and you don't really care. Um, and whatever, you'll just move on to the next person when that's, that's all BS. Like, you know, yeah. guys, I think are, are just as sensitive and, uh, don't have the same outlets to, to be open. Um, I will say I was lucky, like one of my closest friends, we've talked about like mental health forever. And he's, he's been open about his like struggles since we were kids. Um, so he was someone I knew I could talk to right away. Um, and just, just to, it wasn't like he had any great insight, but just to honestly, just get this stuff off your chest and to have someone that can listen. I think that's one of the most like powerful things an ally can do. Um, is just listen and, and not judge. There's there's oftentimes not a right thing to say, but just kind of accepting wherever your friend or your um, sibling, you know, whatever, just accepting where they're at and, and kind of meeting them there and, and being there for them is super valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing I, I love to focus on in these episodes is like, even if you're not the person, if you're listening and you're not the person who's like experienced this thing, like you might have a friend or somebody across the table from you on a date opening up to you and telling you. And I think regardless of what it is, the most important thing you could do is just like say, I hear you and like, let me know what I can do to support you. Um, and I think sometimes we try and overthink like, oh, if someone's telling me this, like, what's the right thing to say? Like, I don't want to screw up. I don't want to say the wrong thing. But like you said, like, there is no right thing to say. It's just letting the person know that you're there. And I know in, in my experiences, I've, I've had, I've had both like 
positive and negative reactions where I've had people just like be unconditionally there for me. And I've had people do the opposite and kind of close me, like be closed off to it um, and make me feel like they weren't there to support me. And I couldn't actually be open with them about it, which like feeling anxious to begin with is an isolating thing because you're kind of like just with your thoughts. And so I think definitely just if anyone ever communicates this to you, um, just be supportive and and just say like, I'm here for you. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? It is so normal, but it's not talked about and it makes all of us going through it feel really alone and frustrated. And I'm one of those women and I have been so self-conscious about my hair thinning and shedding for so long. That is why I'm eternally grateful that I found Nutrafol last year. And honestly, I wish I had tried it sooner. When my team asked me recently if I wanted to team up with Nutrafol, I have never said yes to something faster. Nutrafol has become a part of my routine that I can't live without because of how much it's helped me and I truly could not recommend it more highly. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And it is so easy to start your hair journey. You can take the hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root cause. Because everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth doesn't cut it. That's why Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as well as for different lifestyles like plant-based diets. And I know, I know, it can be hard to commit long-term to doing something every single day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automatic delivery ensures that you'll never miss a day. And you'll see results in three to six months. If I can do it, so can you. It's kind of funny that I'm recording this right now as I'm literally about to go get a haircut because my hair is probably the longest it's ever been right now and my hair never used to grow. But now it does and it's really all thanks to Nutrafol. Plus, I am so grateful to be going into my wedding feeling confident about my hair and that is definitely not something I expected to be able to say before starting Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. I'm not just a girl on the go these days. I am a chicken running around with its head cut off. Two podcasts, wedding planning, wedding attending, dog momming, traveling, and trying to eat well, move my body, and stay sane all at once is not a recipe for success. That's why I've turned to my recipe masters, aka Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat meals that taste delicious, make me feel good, and take a major thing off of my to-do list. Factor's meals are pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved and there are more than 35 options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Guys, I seriously can't say enough good things about Factor's meals. They take two minutes to heat up, which means I can pop them in the microwave between recordings, or I can grab a ready-made smoothie from the fridge on my way to a workout class, or I can even have dinner ready for me and Jake after a really long day of work without lifting a finger. It has 
changed so much and has really made me feel like there's one less thing I need to worry about and I feel good after eating the meals. Like they're so delicious and nutritious. You can order as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week and you can pause or reschedule whenever you need, which has been really helpful for me with on and off traveling that I've had over the last few months and over the next few months. And you guys know I love when things make sense financially and factor meals are less expensive than takeout. So you save money and you don't have to go anywhere to pick them up. Factor's roasted garlic butter salmon and their tomato basil chicken risotto are two of my favorites that I keep ordering on repeat. But honestly, every single one of their meals has lived up to the hype. And of course, we are hooking you guys up. Head to factormeals.com slash seeing other people 50 and use code seeing other people 50 to get 50% off. That's code seeing other people 50 at factormeals.com slash seeing other people 50 to get 50% off. I wish you guys understood how many compliments I've been getting on my skin lately. And I know that sounds so weird to say, but hear me out. Like not just my face, but my entire body. Whenever it happens, I'm so proud and excited to tell them every single detail about it because I'm actually sticking to a skincare routine with products that make me feel so good. And I want you all to feel as good in your skin as I do, especially when you're going on dates and meeting new people. I've been using Oak Essentials, which is a line of luxurious, incredible products that actually work, especially if you're trying to achieve that natural no makeup look. Oak Essentials is by the Jenny Kane team, which means that we know their products are top of the line with the highest quality ingredients that will make you feel incredible. Okay, let's talk about the routine. I feel like things have gotten out of hand with everyone feeling like they need 27 different serums and moisturizers for their routine and to have different morning and night things when really all you need is one or two products that are really high quality, good for you, and will make an impact. So what I've been using is the Moisture Rich Balm from Oak Essentials. It supports collagen production and delivers hydration, leaving this gorgeous luminous glow. I use a little bit in the morning and a little bit more at night, and it has changed the way that my skin looks, feels, and glows. Not to mention, I feel so much more confident not wearing makeup, which also saves me time and money, so it's an all-around win. I'm calling it 2024 is the year of the natural head-to-toe glow. My followers will get 15% off their first order when they use code seeing other people at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S dot com promo code seeing other people go ahead and treat yourself at oakessentials.com from luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care you deserve it 100 and and i'll also say the more open i was and as time went on i became more open with more people about how i was feeling i actually found that i became so much closer to more people and and in a lot of ways i think you become a more approachable relatable person when you're just an open book and and you're not trying to hide and put on this facade that you're you're okay, um, because no one really no one's always okay. And, no and, one's okay, <laughs> right? You know, if you're just honest and open, that's so much more relatable, um, and I think makes people comfortable, puts them at ease. And I feel like while like you know from a romantic standpoint, that relationship kind of fell apart, um, which was probably for the best. Um, so many friendships I feel like have, have been strengthened over this period of time. One, cause you just have people that are there for you and you, you really appreciate it more, but also people just became closer because they're, they, you know, I'm not hiding how I'm feeling, who I am, what's going on. Um, and that's just something that I think all of us could do a better job of just being more open. One million percent. That's a really, really good point. And that's really cool that that happened because 
Like I know, I mean, we just talked about how you can be afraid to open up and, and tell people what's really going on. But if you do, and if these people are really your people, they're going to embrace you for it. And it also gives them, it, it makes them feel empowered that they can do the same to you um, and be fully open in themselves with you. And I think that's a really great thing that even though this was like overall, not the best like relationship experience, not the best dating experience, like you did gain a lot of greatness from it. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and hopefully, you know, while from just from the relationship standpoint, while, yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really optimistic that it's like any relationship, it's going to kind of make you, you learn from it and you're going to be better for the next one. Um, which I definitely feel. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it sucks in the moment and it, it hurts. Um, and it's still like, you know, the scars are always kind of there, but you grow from it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. Yeah, for sure. At what point in having these conversations with people and in your like kind of journey and, and process, did you start to feel less crazy and more like, Oh, like this is validated. Like it is normal. Like this, this is something that people go through. Um, and then another question on that is not a question, but also just one thing I want to go back to that you said is that like, it's like, it was, you, you said it wasn't a good reason for how you were feeling, but there's no good reason. There's no good, bad reason. It's more like, regardless, I feel like every reason for feeling a certain type of way, like there are a lot of things that are out of our control and a lot of things that are in our control, but if something's making you feel a way you've never felt before, clearly there's something going on. And clearly it's like, it's not like it was your fault or anything. And it's not like it was her fault. It was the situation. And I think it's really important just to note that like every situation is completely valid. Um, yeah. At what point did you start to feel like, Oh, I'm not that crazy. Yeah. That's something I struggled with for a long time. And honestly, I still sometimes struggle with, um, you know, I feel like I'm in a place now where I can kind of laugh a little bit more about it, but in the relationship, I was doubting myself and doubting the way I felt constantly, you know, I I would deep down really feel a certain way and, and, know that like we weren't compatible there were certain things certain behaviors certain personality things that just weren't a match and i would think to myself like oh i'm i'm being unreasonable like this isn't i'm 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 wrong basically which is not that's not true you know it's you feel how mm-hmm. you feel um as you just said so immediately after we broke up um i had a ton of doubt you know it's kind of same along the same lines of like did I really do this? Did we really end this for a good reason? Is there a good reason? You know, and and those thoughts were there for a little bit, but as time has gone on, um, it's, it's become a process, but I really, almost every day I think about like, wow, that was just so obvious that it wasn't a match. Um, and I, I say all that with no kind of like ill will towards her or anything like that. Like, I think she's still a really good person. It just, wasn't a match and that's that's okay it took me a while to kind of get to that point of like it's okay just that it didn't work out and no mm-hmm. no one's right no one's wrong that's just how it is and, and I think um maybe in past relationships I, I did try to like assign like someone was right someone was wrong and I think just in general the way like relationships especially when they end and when there's problems um we try and look at it very black and white, like this person's right, this person's wrong, that's the problem. But a lot of times it's just it's just not a match. 
um, which is okay. And, and I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons I took from this whole thing is that there can be awesome people out there who you get along with and you enjoy spending time with, but you might, you still might not be a match and that's totally fine. Yeah. That's one thing that we often forget when we're dating because it's like, Oh, I like I've gone on like X number of first dates in the last few months and like none of it's working out. Like why, like why I keep putting myself out there. It's just not happening. And it's like, you're not gonna like and be liked by every person that you go out with. And even when you do just because you like them and they like you, that does not mean that your lives are going to fit together and that your values align and that you're like able to actually like start and grow a life together. Like it's so hard to kind of zoom out and see that like the whole picture and that perspective of it. But like when you're in the moment, of course, and like everything hurts and it's exhausting and it's draining and you start to feel burnt out. But dating really is like you're meeting people until you really meet the person that can fit in with your life and compliment you and bring out the best in you. And it's like you said, like, it's okay for things not to work out. Like, it's okay to like, like someone and have them like you and think it's going to go great. And then it doesn't or to fall in love and then fall out of love with someone like, these are all things that are normal to experience. And I think the beauty of it is that, like you said, like you learned a lot from this. And I think every experience that we have, we take so much away from it that then prepares us for the next relationship, which will prepare us for the next relationship until we do find that person. Yeah. And it's, it's just all, it's all part of the same process. And you know, I think everyone's on a completely different kind of path and and how they're going to get there is not going to look the same. Um, And I think when you start to get in your head an idea of how it should look, how the process should go to get to that kind of end goal, whatever that is, um, it's never going to work out how you envision it. You know, it's like going into this past relationship, I I thought, all right, my next relationship is going to be my last one. Like, I I don't want to be like going on a million more first dates I'm ready to just kind of like find the person, but it doesn't work like that. Um, and, and to have that mentality is, is kind of setting yourself up for, um, disappointment, frustration, anxiety, all that stuff. Um, so, so it is, it's kind of, it's tricky. It's kind of this balance between like, you got to stay in the moment, but you do also need to look big picture. Um, because both matter. It matters how you feel in that moment, but it does also matter a ton how this is going to look big picture when you talk about values, where you're at in life, things like that, that are easier to ignore kind of on a first date, second date, third date, as I did, but eventually they're, they're going to come up. And if you're trying to get into a relationship and not just kind of have a, a fun fling or whatever, you can't ignore those things. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So question for you, when you were starting to feel anxious and, and having doubts, is that something you ever communicated to her? Yeah, I did. Um, what was that like? That was really challenging. And it was really hard to present that in a way where I wasn't assigning the blame to her. Um, because I didn't want to, you know, I, I tried to be super clear that, hey, this is me. This is how I feel. This is this is on me. And I need to work on this. Um, like, this is not, this is not your fault. Um, and, and that was, that was tricky. And, and I would say that 
when I started opening up about that, it, it probably was the beginning of the end. Um, another sign it wasn't a great match. So, yeah. I mean, it's, but yeah, I knew I had to be open about that. Um, just because, you know, the, these things like you can only bury them for so long before the other person starts to notice. Um, and, and it just becomes more obvious. Like if your values don't align, even if you don't talk about it openly, it's, you're going to notice like just these little comments and things that people say, it, it becomes very evident. It almost becomes like the elephant in the room. So mm-hmm. I, I figured like, I just need to be an open book about all this, like say how I'm feeling. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was meant with, you know, some empathy and like understanding, but also like kind of this feeling of, well, all right, that's, that's how you feel. Then like, maybe this isn't going to work. Um, which I kind of took as more of, all right, I need to work on myself. I need to figure this out and like change how I feel, which, you know, you can do somewhat, you can be open-minded, but you feel how you feel. And like, you can't change like your gut instinct. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta trust it. Yeah. it, It is really like, I really respect that you went into it saying like, this isn't you, this is me, like, and not putting the blame. Cause I think that that's a really hard conversation to navigate. Um, and I know I've had like friends, both guys and girls go into that conversation and it does turn into like the other person thinking it's their fault. And it, it just ends up being a mess if you don't approach it in the right way. But I really like the, how you were like, I don't want her to feel like I'm blaming her for this. Um, so I think that's really important to note. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Yeah, I think that's, and even though I, I tried to be super clear about that and, and really just be super like upfront that, hey, this is me, this is how I feel, and, and this is not your fault, I'm not blaming you. It's really hard to have that conversation without the other person kind of perceiving that, per- perceiving it that way. Um, and, and so that's something, I, I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of regret, I don't know how I could have done it better, but, um, I think that it's, it is a really kind of tricky conversation. And I think when you're on the receiving end of it, I can totally understand how you're going to kind of take that as like, wow, what, what am I doing? What can I be doing better? Like what's wrong? Um, so like, 
you know, again, I'm, I, it's my whole, the whole time. And, and even to today, I don't feel like, you know, I was right. She was wrong. She was making me feel anxious. I just feel like, Hey, it wasn't a good match. And the longer I kind of drew it all out and, and tried to hang on the trickier and the uglier it got like internally for me we never had any like blow-ups or huge fights, anything like that. You know, it kind of ended with like one small fight and then that was it. Yeah. It's more like this constant, like heavy weight pressing on you that you like can't get off of your mind. And, and it just keeps getting heavier and heavier until like you can't hold it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's very gradual. Yeah. So going into like future dating situations, how do you think you're going to approach them differently or what are you going to do to maybe like avoid this happening? Or if you start feeling anxious like that again, like what, what's that going to set off for you? Like what's your next step going to be? Do you think? Um, I mean, I think a couple of things. So like one journaling has been really helpful just to kind of get my thoughts out there and, 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 write them down right away, step away, and then revisit them when I'm kind of not in such like a heightened emotional state. Um, so that's, that's one thing that's been helpful. Honestly, like talking to my therapist about it is really um, helpful just to kind of get an unbiased opinion to kind of make sense of, of how I'm feeling and, and helping me to recognize what's kind of my own anxious thoughts versus what's the other person actually causing that like uh, last night I had a good conversation with my therapist about this and um I was saying how like listing some good things and some like pauses I had from like a, a recent date I went on and she said hey look all the positives are are her and all the pauses are your own anxious thoughts so that's that's probably a good sign um yeah. so yeah I mean I think that's one thing that's been really helpful and and I haven't gotten to that stage of a relationship again you know it's only been a couple months um and i feel like with like first dates second dates early on that you know you're not there's not as much investment in it so it's mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for me to not feel that same leveling level of anxiety i think the real test will be when i get into that next relationship um and it's you know several months in how's it feeling but i think to to go to a recent tweet that uh seeing other people put out don't date people that make you feel anxious. I, I feel like that's that's kind of a good rule of thumb. You know, I think in the future, if I find myself feeling the way I felt in this last relationship, hopefully I'm going to have the kind of like awareness to recognize, hey, this is probably a sign it's not going to work. Um, yeah. and, and try and end it and not let it drag on longer than it should. For sure. That, that's really awesome that you're journaling and, and with the help of your therapist, you're able to figure out like, what is your anxiety versus what's the anxiety that the situation is creating and maybe not necessarily again not to like blame the other person just like the two of you together and and what that situation is and I think that's a really good thing that people can try and practice doing because yes like of course it's like don't date people who make you feel anxious but if you're an anxious person you're going to feel anxious (laughs) but you need to know what your anxiety is you need to know what the source of your anxiety is and like the last year and change was like really hard for people. And of course, like there's a lot of extra anxiety that the pandemic put on all of us. And so like somebody could be feeling anxious from that, but then projecting it in another type of situation. And it's just really important to really take a step back and figure out 
what is really the source of it. Um, so that's really cool that you have had the opportunity to do that and are now able to like see it happen while going on dates and, and reflecting afterwards. Was this your first time like going to therapy? Uh, yeah, started first time I ever talked to a therapist was like six months ago, kind of on the heels of, of realizing I needed help. Yeah. What, how did you find your therapist? What was that like for anyone who's listening, who maybe is, is feeling the same way that you were feeling back then and um, feels like they do need help? Like what, how could they go about finding a therapist and, and really experiencing therapy for the first time? Yeah. I mean, first, let me say that I, I love it. It's like, like, I, it's, it's, it's just, it's an awesome, like part of my week um, just to, to be able to just talk and, and make sense of my thoughts with someone that kind of is, is a good listener, but also kind of has a, a different perspective than friends and family do. Um, so the process for that was, I mean, I, I talked to my sister, um, and she kind of referred me to like one of her friends who she knew had someone that she liked. And I just sent an email to the person and said, Hey, like, can I, can I set up a zoom call with you and just meet and then start from there. And I really had no idea what to expect. Um, I'm still like learning a lot every time. Um, but yeah, just like a referral friend of a friend, um, you know, and that starts with being willing to accept that this is something you want to do. And I think, um, one thing that my therapist has said, and, and that I've heard just from lots of people is that you have to really be willing and open to, to kind of go through the process and, and really dig into it. You know, I think if you're really ambivalent about going to therapy, it's going to be hard to get a lot out of it. Um, but I would just encourage people to, whether you're feeling awful or you're feeling good, like I think that there's so much value in therapy. And, and one thing I'll say is just therapy, journaling, meditation, yoga, all that stuff, whatever it kind of helps you or, or like common anti-anxiety things. Um start them before you need to. You don't want to be reactive about it. Um, like if you're trying to learn how to meditate when you're super anxious, you're, it's not going to go well. You want to be able to do it so that when you do feel not so good, you can just kind of shut off for 10 minutes. Because um, it's it's hard. It's really hard to learn these things and to, and to get good at them under like normal times when you're feeling calm and, and relaxed. Um, so you want to kind of build up, I think, that um, that base of, 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 of really, it's a skill set of being able to, to manage anxiety so that when it does come on, you're, you're kind of well-prepared. It's, it's almost like working out. It's just, it takes time. It takes practice. Um, and, and same for therapy. Like there are, there are weeks where I feel like, wow, I really need to talk. And there are weeks where I'm like, ah, I feel good. I don't really feel like I need to talk to anyone this week, but I always still go and, and every week is productive in different ways. And I, I just think it, mental health, it needs to be something that we're all proactive about, not reactive to. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like I was about to say that, um, you should start going before shit hits the fan in your exactly. life because, cause yeah, it's, it's a muscle. Like you have to strengthen it and you have to practice and you also want to feel comfortable with your therapist or you want to feel comfortable in knowing that you can, go to meditating or journaling for that, that e like peace of mind and that ease. Um, but like for me, the first time I went to therapy, I was like at rock fucking bottom and I 
called like 20 different therapists and sent out a ton of emails being like, I'm not okay. I need help. And the first person who was able to fit me in, I went to him and I was, I don't think I got through my first like three sessions with him, which all happened in one week because I was (laughs) that not okay. Like, I don't think I got through more than, I, I think in all three sessions, I think there were like five minutes total out of three hours where I wasn't hysterically crying, like unable to breathe. So like, he was like trying to help me, but literally like, I could not like get words out. And it was, it was really tough. And I had never gone to therapy. I had never like opened up like that to a complete stranger. And it was really hard and definitely probably took a lot longer than it would have for it to really help had I gone sooner. And it was like, there were like, it was like half a year that was leading up to like me hitting rock bottom. Like I was just like on a downward slope and then it became a downward spiral. And in hindsight, it would have helped so much had I gone to therapy sooner. But I I was kind of for that whole time, like in denial, similarly to how you were in the beginning. And I didn't want to admit that I needed help. So I, I couldn't accept help. Um, and like you and my friends and family, like tried to be like, Lana, like, you're not okay. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like I'm fine. But I really wasn't. Um, so yeah, what you, what you said about like, you need to be like willing to accept therapy, um, and to make the most of it is really important too. But I think, I mean, I'm happy that as like every month and year goes on, I think people are more open to therapy and more open to doing what they need to take care of their mental health. But it's still something that if if you haven't done it and if there aren't a lot of people in your life that openly talk about their experience with it, it's something that is kind of this like scary thing to approach, but it shouldn't be. It's it's there to help you. Yeah. I mean, there like we talk about like the stigma of it and it's definitely probably less than it once was, but let's be honest, it's still there. Like no one's going to be super comfortable just talking i mean some people are but it's still it's it's still kind of like not easy to just be super open especially with people you don't know that well but like oh yeah i go to therapy just something about it 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 just you you have certain thoughts when you hear that when like i sometimes think about it like this if you said i go to physical therapy no one would bat an eyelash it's like oh yeah you had an injury and now you're trying to get better when you Mm -hmm. say you go to you therapy or mental therapy that would be even crazier (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like people are looking at you like, oh man, this person's got some big problems, like they're crazy. Um, and and as you said, it's it's just kind of like a muscle. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think that, I mean, I, I can't speak to to your experience or to the experience of, for girls, but for guys, I think it's it's there's a lot of judgment with it, and and there's still this like BS perception of like weakness, um, yeah. which is just you know, it's, it's frustrating for me, but I think the the real problem with it is that so many guys ignore their anxiety, their, whatever they're feeling. And then it just, it turns into awful behavior in other ways. Cause, cause guys just don't know how to cope. Um, so I, I, that's really my, my big wish is that it became normalized so that more guys would stop like being douchebags. Cause I really think that, <laughs> I really think that that's like a, a core, like, cause of it is there, yeah. there's no outlet to to kind of speak how you feel and people kind of dig deeper into to this identity of being like tough guy and and just the stubbornness doesn't get you anywhere 
Yeah. Do you think, so what you said before is like, if you say you're going to physical therapy, people are like, oh, okay. If you say you're going to therapy, therapy, there's like that judgment. Do you really, in your experience with what you did experience, did you actually feel that judgment from people? Or is it just that we're afraid that there's going to be that judgment? Like we think people are going to judge us or be like, oh, like what's wrong with you? Or like, well, that person's unstable. Like, is that just something that's in our heads or did did you actually get that reaction? Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it's a mixed bag. And I would say that the people that are closest to me and that care about me and that are are like kind of the real ones, super supportive, no judgment. But absolutely, there's people that kind of give you that that look and like, really? Um, and and I'm okay with that because it shows me that those those aren't the people I want to be hanging out with anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's, I, I think you, your point is, is a good one that a lot of it is in our head at this point where, you know, you're afraid that you're going to get judged. Um, and it, it is uncomfortable to talk about, even though I think most people, not only do they not care they're they do care, but in a positive supportive way. Like I know for myself, if, if a friend or, or family member told me they're going to therapy, um, especially now that I have personal experience with it, I'd be like, that's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about this. Like, what's, you know, what do you guys thought? Like, what what's your kind of uh, experience with it? Like with my, one of my closest friends, we talk all the time about like, what we're talking to our therapists about, and, like a good point they made. Um, and that's like, those are some super enjoyable conversations just to, you know, be like, wow, this, my, my therapist made this great point, um, you know, and, and, and like made me think about things in a different way. Um, and like I said, it's, it's just, it's really enjoyable. It's, I never thought it would be like that. And I thought it could be helpful, but I didn't think it would be something I'm actively looking forward to every week just because it's, it's a unique, it's unique, you know, 45 minutes where you're looking at things in a different way and you have someone that's kind of like almost organizing your thoughts and keeping track of them. And, you know, you, you'll say something and they'll be like, well, that's actually kind of similar to what you said like a month ago about this. Or I guess that's maybe a sign of a good therapist is someone that's able to really keep track and, and pay attention to patterns because chances are, if you feel a certain way, it's not the first time and it's, it's not unique. And there's a connection to something you've felt probably throughout your life, um, whether you realize that or not. And I think like therapists can really find those patterns that are hard to realize in yourself. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like you're taking a class on yourself so that you can feel better and be better. And like, who wouldn't want that when you put like when you put it that way? It's like, yeah, like, hell yeah, let's learn what I could be doing better or what mistakes I'm choosing to make that I am that are going to hurt me that I don't need to be making. And yeah, that was the pattern thing was huge for me where it was like, I was actively going after these people that were going to hurt me based on everything that they valued and everything that they wanted versus me and what I needed. And it's like, I knew that I was doing that, but I didn't know, you know, like I didn't think I was actively continuing to do this and like creating this cycle until it was pointed out to me. And then it was like, Oh shit, I have the power to stop that. Yeah, it, it is like a class and it's like the best class ever because like I, I know for me, I never, ever, ever wanted to do any homework. Um, and 
the home like I'm I'm asking at the end of these sessions, like, all right, what what can I do this week? What can I do to get better? Because that's the thing. You're there's such like a active uh component of improving yourself. And mm-hmm. like you might not care about math, you might not care about science, whatever, but you do care about yourself and you want to like become the best version of yourself and, and therapy is just like a great way to get there um or to, to help with that process. Just like working out is just like, you know, having friends is, it's just another piece that's going to um, help you get to, to kind of reach your full potential. And I think you're without it, it's for myself, at least, I don't want to kind of just be preachy, but I know for myself, if I wasn't kind of actively talking to someone, I'd be leaving something on the table in terms of mm-hmm. reaching kind of full potential just as, as a person. Yeah. And it's really cool to hear about how like, a year ago this time, like you were feeling anxious for the first time ever. And now you're like, you've taken every step to not necessarily like prevent that from ever happening again, because like, of course anything can happen that can make that happen again, but put yourself in the best situation to learn and learn how you can handle that and cope with that or learn what situations to avoid. And it's just really cool to, to see you go from like, obviously I didn't see it in the moment, but to hear about your experience and how you've really like taken the reins on it and done everything you could to get yourself to a great place, which it sounds like you're in. And it's just really cool to hear how therapy has helped and how communicating about what was going on helped and, and everything that you did. I, I really like, I have a lot of respect for it, for, uh, for your journey. <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and I'll say that like, while I, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in a good spot. The anxiety is always, always there. Like not yeah. always like super in the front of my mind, but it never is going to disappear and that's okay. And it comes up mm-hmm. like definitely sometimes, uh, you know, like recently I, I felt super anxious a few days ago, but I, I feel like I have the skill set to handle it. I know, I know when it's coming, like, and I just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like this shock. I'm like, Oh my God, what is this? I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's something that is a lot more manageable. Um, yeah. not that it's easy, but, uh, I definitely feel like the, the whole journey has helped me kind of develop the tools to, to handle it. Um, which is like just such a valuable thing and, and something that I'm hundred percent sure I'm going to use for the rest of my life. Yeah. The best life skill you could ever learn is how to, how to navigate that. So for sure. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here. I am so glad that you reached out, that you shared your story. And I think, I I hope that this episode will help a lot of people realize that like, it's okay to feel the way that they're feeling, but there are also things that you can do about it because everyone, how great would it be to not feel that terrible and think you're crazy? (laughs) And it's (laughs) it's possible. It's possible. It's happened to me. It's happened to you. Whoever's listening, you could be next. Um, there's there's a lot of things and people out there that can help, and um, I'm I'm really grateful that you came on and we're open. And thank you. Yeah, thank you, Alana. It's it's great to to join you. Um, I've I've been listening since dating sucks. Um, it's cool to just kind of have someone very relatable to listen to, and an honor to be on. So thank you. Mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.